This is the balancing act, and we are going to jump right into it. James, what you got for us? Yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's we, we have our days where we, we have a lot to talk about. We have our days where, um, you know, we kind of hone in on something. And, and I think originally, G, you had reached out to me, and, and we were talking about what we wanted to dive into um, today, and I was talking about the bots and, and bots are a problem and by bots I mean that the bots that are very frequent and very real on on social media and are responsible for uh swaying and 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 um really encouraging thought and provoking emotion based off of their response and um a lot of it is fake and, and we might still dive into that but I I will admit that um the spirit right now is in me is just reflective of one that is still trying to it's interesting because I think a lot of people out here feel this way I don't know how many people admit to it or talk about it or whatever but it's this constant it's this constant like I don't even know what to call it it's a, it's a constant desire to really want to be doing something that makes me fulfilled and makes me, um, you know, gets me up every day to want to do. And it's funny because right now, all of those things, there's a couple of them, but all of those things are things that don't relate to um, income per se, at least yet, but income, um, especially when you're looking at, okay, the nine to five or the job that you are working and where you can go with that and where you can take that and, and, and how much money you're making off of that. Yes, I know that's probably the number one problem right there, the money, but it still is this for me personally, I can only speak for myself and I think other people feel this way, but me personally, it's crazy because it's a it's all the time. It's a constant. It's years and years of it. You know, it's, it's I'm 32 now. I'm going on 33 in January. It's like, why is there still this feel of like, hey, there's, you know, I'm doing every day in some way, form, or fashion. I'm doing the stuff that I love to do, but I have to take eight, nine, ten hours a day to be doing something that I can honestly get to two fucks about I mean as crazy as that sounds it's like I'm good at what I do but I'm not passionate about it and it doesn't drive me the way that the things that I am passionate about drive me but one pays the bills and one allows you to say well I'm stacking for something bigger to walk away from that but like my boy Ye said, you know, everything you want, you got to wait a year, wait a year. It's like, who got, it's like waiting a year turn, you know, waiting a year in your teens turned into your 20s, waiting a year in your 20s turned into your 30s. And this is how you get caught in that trap. I feel that I see so many people, um, our parents and other folks get caught in where it's like, yo, you wake up one day and the whole thing's passed you by. Now you you know, 50 or 60, you got kids. Now you really feel like you got to be stuck in the rat race. And it's just 
some days I cope with it well, and some days I'm like, yo, I, this shit is wow, you know? And that's really what I'm feeling right now, G. That's like, it's, 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 and it's constant, bro. You know, I know one thing you said on our last pod, you said you, one thing you love about what we do is it's like therapy. And, um, and, uh, here we are, cause I, cause your boy is feeling like he in therapy right now sometimes, and, and uh, it, it's interesting. But that that's how I'm feeling today, um, and um, I don't know. Like, do you, like do you like? Cause do you, you're not. You just you. I feel like you're like yo. I'm I'm taking my time with how I'm approaching, um all of this work stuff per se you're more focused on like your passion i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like you're like yeah i'm not about to just be doing whatever you know because you know it's a job or because you know i can get a certain salary i can get at a certain salary level or title level it's like you you know what your spirit craves and and you kind of seem to be approaching it that way as far as you know, your passions and what you care about and what your greater purpose is, um, right? Yeah. Uh, so as far as, like, how I approach work, um, I, I think the only way to really give people a decent picture is to tell kind of my full story. Um, not Not like my entire life story, but, like, as far as relating to work, you know, um, going back, everybody, you know, everybody's parents tell them to get good grades because good grades mean you're going to get better job opportunities or better, at least better opportunities as far as colleges. And then you graduate from the better college, even if it isn't uh, with good grades and you get the better job, right? That's supposedly how the system works. That's how we were all brought up. Yep. Yeah. My dad, he was, um, I would say he was like naturally smart, but he used his smarts to chase women and do drugs and party. And like when he looked back on his life after having me, he really wanted me. He was always pushing me to do really well in um, science, technology, math, those types of uh, subjects, because he was smart enough to see where, you know, society was going and where the jobs were going. STEM. Um, Right. (laughs) Yeah, so I was always encouraged um, to do well in school in general, but especially, um, you, and then also, I, you know, as you know, I was naturally good with mathematics, naturally, yes, mathematically. So I, I don't, you know, I think if I was just an average student, he wouldn't have pushed me as hard. But given that I had a natural inclination toward that, he did. I mean, he wasn't, I don't want to say like he pushed me like he was like one of these asshole dads. He just in, in, emphasized and encouraged me to do well in school. Of course, um, yeah. He wanted me to make a lot of money <laughs> at the end of the right. day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he envisioned me being like a CEO of some bank or, or some, you know, financial institution. Uh, that's what he wanted for me, not out of, um, you know, not out of any sense of like not wanting me to, to live the life I wanted, but because he felt like, that was the life that, you know, would have made it best for him, you know, or would have made life easiest for him. So I don't like, I don't hate on um, any of the decisions he made in that regard. Uh, You know, as far as the way he was pushing me, because I see 
yeah, he he wanted what was in his mind. He wanted what was best for me. He truly did. My beliefs don't align with his. And so things that haven't gone like that. But um, I'm not upset with, you know, any any of his decisions in that regard. But uh, to get to the point, you know, I went to I went to college. I went to a, a small liberal arts college on a on an academic scholarship because um, I, I did really well in high school. And uh, I was planning on studying like accounting and economics and business. And uh, accounting was just not for me, super dry, dull, boring. Mm-hmm. And uh, economics, ironically, my very first economics professor, who was my financial advisor in college, and he was the chair of the economics department, but he was also starting the ethics department at Randolph Macon at the time. And ethics and philosophy. Uh, as you know, are, are intertwined and tangled. Right. And so, he, I, like I said, ironically, he pushed me toward taking some ethics courses. And of course, uh, the main, the basic ethics course, the one that's just called ethics straight up is a philosophy course. And uh, I fell in love and haven't really looked back, ended up with a philosophy degree, economics minor, dropped the accounting altogether. Uh, and so... I was aiming to, you know, get like a, a banking job or, or something like that right after college. Um, and then my parents uh, went through a pretty crazy divorce that uh, started, I would say, spring break of my senior year of college. So like March of 2011. Uh, and that was pretty intense. And because of that, I went back home to stay with my mom right after I graduated and took a job as like a camp counselor at the YMCA uh, down there mm-hmm. in Middlesex. Cause, cause as you know, there ain't a whole lot of work. There's not much going on. And if you don't have internet infrastructure, that's about what it's going to be. Right. So, so I was working as a camp counselor down there, just trying to keep my mom straight. Uh, and after doing that for about five or six months, um, I wasn't, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't handle living in Middlesex anymore. I had a couple of my homies from Randolph Macon pretty much come and rescue me. Uh, they had a job out in Westmoreland at the time, actually, funny enough, another like kind of similar to the Middlesex area, but oh, at least yeah. I was living with some friends. They had gotten a job at a dog kennel out there. So they hooked me up with that job. And the whole plan from the very jump was like, we're just going to get our money up and move to Richmond together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with us having a little bit, I'm not even going to front, like, you know, all, we all have a little bit of white privilege and uh, connections with like their parents and, and uh, people that have a little bit of money. And we were only there for a month, got out of there, got a house, or I guess it was like a month and a half uh, and got a house in the South side of Richmond, went out there. And that was when I started looking for my first quote unquote real job. Um, which <laughs> I ended up working at New York Life, which an insurance agent, I don't really, now looking back, I don't consider that a real job. At the time, I thought it was a real job, you know, because mm-hmm. of the perception. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> this is going to turn out to be a longer story than I planned, but it's, it's all good. All of, all of it connects. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and so started working in New York life. My mom had gotten a boyfriend at the time. He was an older, older fella. Um, but he had, he had money. He has money, I guess. Um, I don't really talk to them anymore, but, uh, got that, got that guy, um, to buy four life insurance policies for all of his children. He had, uh, I think 
I think two sons and two daughters. Yeah, two sons. It was four policies anyway. And so <laughs> that's like, you know, as a life insurance salesman selling four policies in one day, that's like a pretty good day, you know? <laughs> and uh, I went out partying with my buddy who got me the job and uh, had a few too many drinks. And on the way home, well, <laughs> The, the whole story actually is on the way to another friend's house after I had been drinking a little bit, I got pulled over by a state cop going like 80, 81 and a 55. And mm. I really thought like, I am fucked. I'm getting a DUI. Like <laughs> shit is, my yeah. shit is, my shit is fucked right now. He never even asked me if I had been drinking. He just was like, what the fuck are you doing going so fast? I guess I held my shit together and or like my nervousness overpowered my drunkenness and he could see I was nervous and like a young kid and he just probably thought I was super nervous. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what like kind of divine intervention I had working for me right there. <laughs> Not even asked me if I had been drinking and this was like eight, eight thirty at night, you know, so it's like yeah. totally possible for me to have been drinking. Uh, and I was pretty drunk. Like, I'm surprised he didn't ask. I'm surprised he didn't smell it on me or something, you know, but I got <laughs> so lucky. Wild. I got I think lucky. I know what story this is too. So this is wild. Yeah. I got a, got a reckless ticket. Then I continue instead of just at that point, I should have just gone back home, called it a night, got lucky, you know, fuck it. And I, I, in my drunken mind, I continue to party and i go to another friend's house play some beer pong drink some beers uh hang out with them a little while then i had another friend that lived like right up the street and um the friends out at the, the the current place i'm at playing beer pong and stuff they didn't smoke um they didn't smoke weed and so i was like all right i'm gonna go to my other friend's house and can keep drinking it because they smoke and i'll smoke with them and then head home so I guess at that point, I just was too fucked up because I had been smoking and I was already too drunk. And so I left their place, which uh, is if you're familiar with Middlesex, which I know you are or anybody listening uh, in the Pink Tank Shores, I left and I was almost back to where my mom was staying at the time in Urbana. Um, and I turned into what I thought was her driveway and it was actually another house like on the road into Urbana, you know, between Cook's Corner and Urbana. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's another one, just a, a random house. Like there's not that many, you know, on the left-hand side of that road. Um, right. <laughs> I just pulled up in there and very slowly, very cautiously, like, I guess I kind of came to right then, like, oh, this is not my mom's house. Like, where the fuck am I right now? And I was going to pull back out onto the road and get because I, I think at that moment I realized okay I'm not I didn't know exactly where I was but I was like going to get back out on the road and figure out where I was you know yeah uh, but I and and with a front wheel uh, two-wheel drive front wheel drive Acura CL 2000 I remember the Acura <laughs> uh, I love that car yeah. I drove it right into the ditch going like caused absolutely no damage that's how slow i was going i was going like literally two miles an hour right um but i drove it right into the ditch and with it being front wheel drive in a deep ditch the tires had nothing to catch on to mm. uh so yeah cops show up like an hour later and uh they i i again i guess i had an angel looking out for me they charged me with drunk in public rather than dui because the car was not running 
G, you are you are like so a lucky. I know, right? So so anyhow, I tell that whole story to say that I get back to Richmond and because it was within my first 90 days of working at New York Life, they suspend me slash put me on probation slash basically I don't have a job. Yeah. So then I'm also in trouble and I know that I need to basically start working community service hours for this charge that two charges from the same date that I have pending one reckless right. one drunk in public. Uh, it's separate, you know, four hours apart. It's just <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. But, but... Do just looking back at it, it's wild though. It's, it's wild. A cra- it's a crazy story. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, so <laughs> I begin doing some community service hours, and I also pick up a job under the table working for a guy that, um, and I, I unfortunately, I can't tell too many details of this part of the story just because right, it's no, I got too you. entangled and too intertwined with mm. some personal family stuff, but yeah. Uh, this guy owned a paper warehouse and uh he had this pretty sweet deal with a larger paper corporation that ordered like this basically aircraft carrier full of paper items from china and they didn't use a lot of the specialty products but it was still cheaper for them to get the gigantic package and just give this you know this guy that owns this warehouse uh the paper that they didn't use to recycle and then he made money selling the recycled paper. Um, oh, a Dunder, Dunder Mifflin gig. Yeah, so pretty good gig for him. So mm-hmm. um, all I was doing was baling paper. You know, think about it as like a farmer baling hay. Like I literally yep. was, was throwing paper into a baler, like, like recycled paper, and then baling it. And then, uh, and then having uh, somebody on the forklift take it off the baler and put it in a truck. Right, so... Um, I don't want to tell like the, the I don't I, I've already taken up too much time telling the story trying to get to the part where I'm trying to get to but basically uh, some some crazy shit happened and I'll tell this story on another podcast another day but I ended up having my feet run over by a fork I remember that at that I warehouse. totally remember that yep and totally remember that was basically hospitalized couldn't walk uh, they, there was a chance I was never going to walk again um I went into emergency surgery, did some pretty intensive rehab, uh, physical therapy, acupuncture, chiropractic care, all sorts of different things to just yep. literally, literally get back on my feet. Like you hear that as a metaphor a lot, but I was, it, for me, it was literal getting back on my feet. Right. Um, six weeks not walking, then I, then I guess you could say I graduated to crutches although uh I fell twice while on crutches so like it wasn't exact I wasn't quite ready really um mm-hmm. uh so I guess it was about July this happened April 4th 2012 around the end of June beginning of July I finally was able to get rid of the crutches and start walking ginger super gingerly uh, for like another three months, I would say. Um, but what had happened was in the meantime, I had connected with a lady that actually owned an Allstate insurance agency right in the same area that I had gone to college out there in Ashland. Um, mm-hmm. And because I already had my life insurance license from working at New York Life, 
she just needed some like an office assistant and the fact that i had uh insurance license was like boom super bonus you know so yep. she hired me um and then you know the whole point of telling all this story is like you you were saying basically you feel like i've had it i don't feel like i have it figured out but I do think I'm on the right track in a lot of ways, but right. mm -hmm. the, the way that I approach work or my career. Um, so I was working with her for a while. Um, and then at a certain point, it was just like this. Uh, <laughs> I, I just can't see myself doing insurance for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I was still young. I had a buddy that... Um, his dad owned a pizza chain out there. It's called Vocelli Pizza. He owns the one out in Chesterfield on Hall Street. So I, I had a situation which wasn't too bad. I could get a ride because his, uh, his son didn't live too far from me. So I didn't have to drive. And I was just kind of still, I was kind of using that to figure out what I wanted to do with my life after all mm -hmm. the crazy shit that had happened. And, uh, and then I guess, so that's, this is coming up on January. So this is 2013. Uh, yeah. So January and February of 2013, I was working there. And then that was, uh, that was after we had, we had, we had lived together for a little bit when I left, uh, left Rafford and came to Richmond. Right. Cause that would have been 13. No, that, that probably was around that same time then, right? I don't know if it was 11. Yep, so I, uh, I, when I first moved back to Richmond after being injured, that was when you moved in with me because that right, was, like, right. was living over there on Laburnum and Harvey. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> that was when you, you lived with me, and then uh, Jesse moved out, so we had to move out. Right. I moved back into Doswell because that was close to close to where i was working up there in ashland anyway right okay yep so that's that time frame that's right yep so then mm -hmm. i went there started working at vocelli's it was only there for a couple months and was pretty much like i need to restart again uh that was when i moved back home to middlesex and that was the longest i've ever gone without smoking weed because that was you know i was still thinking i gotta quit smoking because i i actually had gotten a job at uh what is that financial place? Um, Genworth. I, I got a job. Oh, okay. at, I got a job at Genworth Financial. And then this was early, earlier in my, I can't, I can't remember exactly when that was, but I got a job there and then I failed the drug test. So, so in March, 2013, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to smoke and I'm going to, you know, hunker down and get a real job. You know, that's, that was my thought process anyway. Mm -hmm. and being out in Middlesex you know what I landed was a job at Eminem hardware store <laughs> and, and Ostra I got so I was working two jobs at once out there trying to just stack and hustle and uh, yeah that, that is when I met we kind of hit it off she had a boyfriend at the time uh we were both working at Ostra um after I was working seven days a week between the two jobs and after I got burnt out from working seven days a week I quit the job at Eminem and was just working at Ostra full time. And at some point, I think at the end of August 2013, uh, she left her boyfriend. We got together and not long after that, she was pregnant. 
then we moved out to Mechanicsville and I got my first quote unquote real job with Wells Fargo. And that's right. kind of okay. where this story mm-hmm. really starts. Um, right. <clears throat> but I had to add all of that as a prequel. I, I guess I didn't really have to, but it makes a lot more sense when I do. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, so basically I was working at Wells Fargo tw- end of 2013 to middle of 2015. Um, I got promoted two times while I was there. Uh, and I had four managers while I was there. And I was also one of the whistleblowers in all of the fraudulent practices that Wells Fargo um, was in the news for back in 2015, 2016. Um, I was they, they, they were even promoting that, that the same, those same practices even reached, that reached you and reached your branch and your work. Oh yeah. I was one of the whistleblowers. Wow. Uh, I, 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 I don't called... think I ever knew that G that's new for me yeah. here too. That's interesting. Yep. Yep. Um, but you know how corporate politics works, man. Yeah. They pretend like they want you to be ethical and blow the whistle and they've got an ethics hotline and then you (laughs) call that and you do that and they come and do the investigation. They fire the, 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 you know, the people that they have to, the sacrificial lambs, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, and then they subtly harass you. Yeah in ways that they can't get in trouble for it but it was like you know you supposed to be on our team why are you blowing a whistle so yeah i couldn't deal with that much longer and i left and this was around the time where as you're talking about i started kind of dialing into what is my purpose what do i really want to do with my life like right banking just ain't it bro like right i like i like economics i like finances um, but I'm such a big picture guy, you know, I did ultimately, uh, get my degree in philosophy. And so when I, uh, think about finance and think about, you know, the financial industry that we live in here in America and economics on a global scale, I just feel like we need a total overhaul and a total revolution and some brand new creative ideas, negative interest being one of my favorites and universal basic income being another one that um, I think people might be surprised uh, to hear me say that I'm an advocate for considering um, that we, you know, we often uh, see, seem to be against the left, but I actually agree with them on, you know, abortion being one, UBI being another. And anyhow, that's a whole different story, but the, this right. is this is the point where I started dialing into like what is my purpose what do I want to do with my time with my day-to-day you know and uh the place that I had rehabbed from my injury um the place I did my physical therapy my chiropractic work my acupuncture work my massage work um and even personal training you know once uh I had gotten to a point where I could start strengthening my feet I did some, some, you know, gym work, some workouts in there with some personal trainers. And I even did some nutrition counseling, man. I took advantage of everything they had over there um, to try to, to, to start walking again, literally. Right. Right. <clears throat> um, so I had a pretty good relationship with everybody over there already as a patient. Um, so basically, as soon as I told them that I was looking to get out of banking, they were like, yeah, we, we can find a spot for you. Cause, cause they just kind of liked me, you know? Um, and so they ended up making me the new patient coordinator over there. Um, I was 
the basically the face of this facility uh, from August 2015 until October 2017. Yep. And uh, the only reason I left that was that's one of my first jobs that I can say I truly loved. I liked that job. I liked the patience. I liked the vibe. Um, you know, working in what you know what what we both still uh, talk about a lot on this show, and and as a big interest to us, and that's alternative medicine in general. Mm -hmm. Whether 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 that <clears throat> chiropractic care, uh, you know, acupuncture. The physical therapist that I had, his name was Dr. Vesley. He was very open to whatever works, you know, whatever makes whatever makes right. you feel better, whatever can gives you strength. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good experience. But the reason I ended up leaving there was it was a partnership. It was two owners. One was Jewish and the other one. He's a very quirky guy. Um and he was a Catholic Scientologist. How you reconcile the two, mm. you'll have to ask him. Wow. But yeah, exactly. Wow. That's how I feel about that. So what had happened was they, they kind of, the way that they are, just their personalities, kept each other in check really well. And their partnership was actually, it, it worked pretty good because they, their differences kind of canceled each other out. And what they agreed on was actually pretty beneficial for the practice as a whole. Um, but what happened was Dr. Rudman, uh, the Jewish, the Jewish owner, um, got cancer, throat cancer, and was unable to, you know, be around for, uh, a, an extended period of time. I hear he's back now, but, um, when I left, <clears throat> he was not around. And basically when he was not around, uh, the other owner, um, just started implementing all of his ideas, the ones that, you know, weren't being implemented before because of uh, the other owner and uh, the, the power dynamic, the whole vibe just kind of shifted in there when that happened. And I, I was I wasn't about it anymore. Um, so I got out of it. Um, and then it was kind of I was kind of scrambling at that time because I really I should have had more of a plan. Uh, right. But that was one of those moments where I was kind of leaving it up to to the good lord <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, uh, and i got i was fortunate one of the girls that worked there um her brother owned a renovation company um and that's when actually we talked about my friend tyler on the last podcast i met him working that renovation job for a few months yeah, um, yeah but they they knew they knew that i you know i wasn't planning on doing that for the rest of my life um but they also knew that I was, you know, I was a straight up guy. I showed up to work on time and I did what they asked me to do. Yeah. So they liked me. And, uh, and when I, when I finally got another job, it was one of those contract temp agency jobs with Bank of yeah. America. Um, yeah. it was really good money, dude. It was like $30 an hour. Um, but you know, no benefits and it's, you're on a contract. You don't have any yep. security. There's That's no job security at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so my contract was coming up and they hadn't guaranteed that I was going to get another one. Um, so yeah, this was January, October 18. I started there. Uh, end of October, my contract was going to run up. Uh, mm -hmm. And a friend of mine, that a fraternity brother of mine from Randolph-Macon, was working at a ticketing agency called AJ Tickets. Um, he was on the concert side, 
but they had a sports department too. And he kept telling his people like, look, man, I, I got a buddy that he's smart with numbers. He's smart with economics and he's into sports. Like this is a job for <laughs> him. You know what I mean? I remember when you first told me about it too. I was like, yo, that's actually pretty dope. Yeah. Remember when I came down here? You, you interviewed for it. I got yeah. you in there for the interview. Yeah. Damn right. And so I worked there for a, a couple of years. Um, and the only reason I left there was COVID. Uh, yeah. COVID really decimated the uh, sports and entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. I was fortunate enough because I was making enough money where my unemployment check was really good there while uh, the federal um, stimulus, what was the federal, uh, what was it called? The additional St- stimulus benefits. package or whatever. No, yeah, the, ben- the additional unemployment benefits that the federal government yeah. was providing. Oh, yeah, that's right. They added more to it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so in during COVID, I guess it was, <clears throat> I guess it was, uh, well, throughout the entire time I had been hitting up the place where in Virginia in 2019, uh, they finally uh, granted medical cannabis to authorize patients. And um, given that I had my feet run over by a forklift, I was obviously qualified for my pain. Mm -hmm. And when I went in for that appointment, I pretty much went in knowing that I was going to get my certificate. But what I was focused on was getting a job. (laughs) And I was like, I pretty much bugged. I will tell you straight up. I pretty much bugged them to get this job. That's how that's how I got the job. I bugged them into giving me the job. I took my resume. To, to my appointment as a patient. Um, and I said, I want to get my foot in the medical cannabis industry. And I have experience as a new patient coordinator at a, you know, at the advanced wellness center at an alternative uh, wellness uh, facility. And, you know, they talked to me a little bit. It was, it was obvious that they liked me, but they were like, you know, we just started this, this business, the program in Virginia hasn't really started to blossom yet. But once it starts to pick up, we'll definitely be in touch with you. Mm-hmm. And about every six to eight weeks, I would literally I would literally email them every six to eight weeks like, yeah. hey, uh, I really want to get in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another, I'm getting, I'm getting this job. Whether and, it's from uh, you or somewhere else. So it just might as well be you because it's more convenient for me. <laughs> <laughs> And so after about doing that, like probably five or six times at, you know, over the course of a year, um, I hadn't heard anything back. So I was like, I guess I'm going to give up, you know? Um, and then I was doing some under the table work, uh, for, uh, it, funny enough, it was for the brother of one of my bosses at AJ tickets. He owns a gun business, firearm, right. firearms business. And he needed some additional hands at a gun show uh, out there in Doswell, funny enough, where I had used to live. And I'm out there selling guns, hustling guns. And this guy comes up to me. and I'm like, damn, this dude looks kind of familiar. And we start chatting. And I'm like, Morgan. He's like, yeah, 
he's like oh yeah garnett right and i'm like yeah i start laughing he calls me garnett instead of garnet garnet I, I, I just let it go at this point because i one thought of those... you were saying that on action no. i was like why did you call yourself no he garnet? that's that's what he, that's what he calls you. yeah that he still calls oh, yes. me that now <laughs> but uh <laughs> i don't i don't correct him because it's just yeah one of at those this things. point whatever yeah. <laughs> and i was like man i really i was like uh i really am ready to like you know start working for y'all like the moment that you're ready for me to he was like you know what business is picking up let me give his brother is a, is a co-owner in the business he was like let me give my brother a call and uh and we'll see if you can come in in a couple weeks on wednesday because wednesday is our busy day wednesday is the only day where they do in-person appointments so right. I'm like like word a couple weeks later he hits me up and uh go in on a wednesday and help him out and everything goes smooth and and they're open on Saturdays, too. So he's like, hey, man, uh, you know, we'll work you Wednesdays and Saturdays and, you know, until, you know, either you find another full time job or we have enough work for you to, to work full time here. And that was that was fucking, um, you know, fortunately, this podcast, maybe, maybe maybe I'll get in trouble saying this, but I think I'm small enough to be still safe as far as the size <laughs> of the podcast. But that was fucking awesome time because he was paying me in, in cryptocurrency and I was still collecting unemployment benefits. Yeah. And being that I was only working two days a week, it was like, I didn't really feel bad about collecting unemployment benefits. Cause it was like, I'm just almost basically just helping this guy do some part-time bullshit anyway, that it's almost legal to get paid under the table for, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't feel that bad about it, but, but then as the federal benefits were about to expire uh, about what is it? three three or four weeks ago now uh well i guess they expired like september 6th so that was only like 16 days ago yeah but, not long. but it was mid-august and then, you know i was starting to feel the pressure so i was like all right i need to get another job and doesn't look like he's going to be able to give me the full-time job here so i was putting a bunch of applications out and i got a job at golf galaxy right remember that mm-hmm. and uh I was, you know, I could have done well there, um, but they're also owned by Dick Sporting Goods and they're super, super corporate. So I would have had to been cross trained and it would have taken me like way longer than I really wanted to get to where I really wanted, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but the good Lord is looking out for me again, man. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> this chick that was working at the, the natural medicine clinic, she was working there full time and I was there you know, when I was doing the part time um right after i started working at golf galaxy she up and quits and morgan calls me and he's like hey man uh if you still want that full-time position it just opened up and i'm like yes (laughs) (laughs) yes so that's the story of how i fell into the medical marijuana industry and that's awesome um but you know it was a journey, though. It was a journey getting there, and you are doing something that you're very passionate about, and is a part of where <clears throat> part of your your long term, what I think will be a long term term story. Yeah, and I think it's just another for me, like the way that I interpret it on a personal internal level, is in 2020, and you know this story, and we even did a podcast right at the beginning of 2021, first beer in a year here. Yeah. I went, I went 2020. I didn't drink. And right. to me, that was about, cause I love drinking. I never planned on quitting for the rest of my life. And 
I do think that alcohol is one of those. I mean, you talk about the uh, the epitome of a balancing act. <laughs> you, you don't want to be too drunk. Like that's not a good feeling. But no, it's not. But if you're somebody that enjoys drinking, it's like you know, you can't deny that there's something enjoyable about a little alcohol buzz. Yeah. Uh, at least for me, you know, yeah. I, I just I love it. And I'm also real enough with myself that it's like I don't want to ever love it too much, you know. Right. And I want to yeah. have control over it and I want it to be me deciding to drink and not me needing to drink. Right. And so I took the whole year off. And at the end of the year, what it taught me was willpower is real. Like if you really want something there are no excuses in this world i don't nobody can ever tell me anything everything sounds like an excuse to me now even my even when i make excuse even when i do things in my own head and if i don't accomplish something that i that i say i want then it's like well you didn't really want it that as bad as you're you're telling yourself that you wanted it because if you really wanted it you can do anything you want if you really have the willpower to do it right I think that getting this job was just another testament, another sign, another synchronicity of, of showing me like, dude, willpower literally is everything. If you have the will, you can, fu- the, the way will make itself. And, right. and like I said, I fucking annoyed this guy until I got the job, dude. And like, not only that, like the, the, what are the odds of him coming to my table? I know, I shot? know exactly you know like yeah. i willed that things shit coming back full yeah things <laughs> coming back full circle manifesting it like yeah yeah no 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 and, and i and that's that's exactly what i think of when i hear you tell that story um but i think you telling that whole entire story over the course of the last 30 45 minutes really <clears throat> does tell the story when you end it like that though you can't you can't grab you can't capture that same yeah. if i if i had told that story as yeah i lost my job due to covid and then i really wanted this other job <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i mean yeah it has it i could have still told it in a way where it would have would have uh hit you know i guess it still would have made the message still would have been delivered but if you if you understand everything that came before that leading up to that it's like damn this kid really has been through the ringer <laughs> yeah yeah no for real <laughs> For, seriously though and I, and obviously you know i know about quite a bit of the, quite a bit of that and um no no but hearing you all put it all together is it, quite intriguing um but but one thing you said there even toward the end here <clears throat> was the willpower portion of it and like how like stuff starts to sound like everything starts to sound like an excuse if it's not if it really doesn't involve I mean, dude, I know this sounds, I know this sound, I, I am aware that this sounds mean or I don't, I don't boneheaded or just like unempathetic or whatever. But to me, even like illness kind of sounds like an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, like what led to that illness? Yeah. You know, even COVID, dude, like, I know that sounds really mean to the people that have died. I know a lot of people hear this and they're going to be like, oh, you're an asshole or like whatever. But like, what led to you getting COVID? <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, let's let's start being real, real about all this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, even even you, you got COVID, but if you're being real, real, like what happened? You you were drinking a little bit too much. Yeah, you know, and alcohol lowers your immunity and you beat it because you also consciously um you know, took, I know, the, I know. took the supplements and the in the in the in the you approached it in a way where you were able to defeat it without your symptoms being too bad. But if you're also real with yourself, how did you get it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. But that being at the level of health that you're at, you were able to manage it in a way where if you were, you know, 300 pounds, you might've died. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just facts that, but that's also understanding disease, immunity, immunology and, I mean, I'm not no freaking doctor, but you know, gee, I read a lot about that stuff. That's, uh, <clears throat> it's uh, well, it's it's not, it's almost a passion of mine, but more so than it being a passion of mine, it's just part of what I feel everyone needs. Well, to people, take people, control clown, of. people clown on intuition too, and it's like, <laughs> how are you going to clown on intuition? Your your heart beats, doesn't it? Do you have to? Do you have to know how your heart? You have to teach yeah, your exactly. heart how to beat the way it beats. Yeah, no, exactly. there is a divine intelligence. I mean, you don't have to call it divine, but there is an intelligence beyond human intelligence symbols. Yeah. you know what I mean. Absolutely. Um, and intuition happens to be the word I use for that. But I call do too. it call it what the right. fuck you want. <laughs> like, right. Mm. Just start being real. Like we know things without having to be able to form words to explain exactly. how we know it. Or hear it from a guru or yeah. read it. Like I am a firm believer in that because it's just been too what even the worlds that we that we that we dive into. I mean, a lot of a lot of it comes from that too, you know. And um <clears throat> no, but it's it's interesting because because I hear that and I totally agree with you. It's like even with where what started that whole conversation was the question that I was asking you. And basically even when I ask myself that, or I feel that way, I look at what I do, and, you know, I, I, in, in all, in every, in, in most sense of the words and to most people, um, it, including my dad, you know, you got a great job. You, you, you're doing good. You got, it, but it's always been a feel for me. It's always been a feel for me. And, um, and, but going back to what you're saying, it's like only only we, only you yourself as an individual can change anything. Well, only you know how your finger feels right now. Only you know how your left pinky toe feels this very moment. You right. Know? Only right. you know how your right inside eyelash on the upper side feels right now. Like every single cell, that's you. You're the only one that can feel that. I can't feel that. But you right. know what you need if you just actually listen to your body. You know, that's what I call intuition. Your body's the language that your body speaks is what I call intuition. And it is beyond any word, including the word intuition, which is nothing more than a symbol that we created and agreed that means something beyond what we really understand. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. No, I know. <laughs> and I think at some point the individual has to um, has to has to has to make that decision has to has to has to put it on himself has to go after it has to um, 
has to come up with that plan, has to see it through, has to, like you said, you, you, you didn't know where a lot of those things would, you had an idea, you might've had an idea, but you didn't really know where a lot of those things would take you. You, you know that you wanted to get in the medicinal cannabis lane and there was an opportunity for you to do that and you stayed persistent. Um, and like you said, willpower did through. Yeah, persistence and... is another good word, though. <laughs> I was pretty oh, fucking sure. persistent. I thought I, that the last few times I hit him up, I was literally, I literally said, like, hey, man, I don't want to be on, you know, I don't want to be getting on your nerves, but this is something that I'm really interested in and passionate about. <laughs> yeah. But I, I prefaced it with, I don't want to be getting on your nerves. Like, I don't want to be a pest. And then uh, when I saw him at the gun show, I was like, yeah, man, I stopped hitting y'all up because I felt like I was getting on y'all's nerves. He was like, oh, man, you're not getting on our nerves. <laughs> but then he but at the same time, it was like I kind of had to get on your nerves in order to get you. <laughs> exactly. Mm, exactly. And for him to remember you right. <laughs> like that. No, that's a that's a that's an interesting deep dive, interesting story. Um, I think what, what you might not realize is that even hearing that, though, is. Um, it's <clears throat> with where I'm at in my own head with things. It, 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 I, I already know what I need to do and how I need to do it. It's just sometimes when you're unplugged from for a little bit and you're plugged into, you know, back into the to the corporate talk and back into the, oh yeah, I, you know, if I keep doing it this way, then I know that this is what's next and all you know, you get, you get kind of back into that sway of things and then you feel a way you have a conversation like this with someone that you, that, that, that you, that you know is real and is going to keep it real with you. And, it, and, it, and you just tell yourself, yeah, actually, I already know that. <laughs> it's just about what the, what are you going to do about it? You know? And, um, yeah, that's, no, it's that, funny that you say like, I already know because, and, <laughs> Part of me, get, it, I get tired of bringing up Don Miguel in every episode, but it just it, it hits me in every episode because yeah, yeah, one of my favorite aspects about like he says right from the beginning of the four agreements, like I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. I already know. Yeah. You already know everything I'm about to tell you, but I'm about to word it in a way that's going to make it undeniable. You know, he didn't he didn't, right. he didn't brag like that, but pretty much. <laughs> right, right. Hey, it's funny that you bring up that book. You know why? Because <clears throat> you remember um, the uh, the four agreements that you gave us for um, that you gift us, me and uh, uh, me and, and our and our friends. And um, I had my dad, you know, because my dad's been going through some things. He's had, and when he was when he was kind of under the weather and feeling away. Um, one of the one of the most alarming things to me because I know my dad was when he stopped reading and uh because he always reads I mean he's he reads that's what he does but <clears throat> I will also say he reads really just for a long time he really only read one thing you know for many years not he, he used to read a lot of things and then <clears throat> you know I guess life gets to a point for certain people where it's like you know you get you get spiritual, you get religious. Uh, well, I don't want to mix the two. You get religious and you start um, and you read, you know, you start reading the Bible and then that's all you read. Well, I wanted to really expand what my dad has been reading um, when when um, 
when he started feeling better and getting back into reading. And one of the first books he read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, and um, he just finished Rich Dad, Poor Dad today. And he said to me, said to me today, literally today, he said, uh, this was the first book that I finished reading top to bottom in, in quite some time. <clears throat> and um, this is a man who's read the Bible front to back and used to read all kinds of different books, right? Um, and I said, Dad, I got a lot of books in there if you want, if you want to start another one. And I handed him the four agreements. And he looked at the back of it. You know how you can look at the back of a book and it kind of gives you an idea what it's about. He looked at the back of it. And uh, he looked at some of the content. He looked at the content page and then he just started reading it. You know, I noticed after a couple of meetings I was in, it was taking my time up. I looked over, um, looked over at him and, and he was sitting there reading. The next thing you know, he's 25 pages in to the four agreements, G. Yeah, it's easy. Look, the, um, <clears throat> so I was gifted that book. Uh, my mom's mom was really sick uh christmas 2009 mm-hmm. might have been even christmas 2008 now that i think about it i think it might have been christmas 2008 yeah but mm-hmm. um <clears throat> she was basically on her deathbed and um you know my friend aaron a dub yeah he, he had recommended that book to me and when my aunt asked me um you know she's like your grandma's sick she just basically asked me to do the christmas shopping for her and i'm just asking people what they want and if you you know if you don't have anything specific in mind then i'll just give you some money and uh, i was like yeah give me the four agreements because it was like right after he had 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 suggested it yeah so um i had kind of forgotten about it honestly because that was like that was like mid-november or something like that and Mm -hmm. then uh on christmas morning I opened it up and I was like, oh, shit, the four agreements. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty small book. And so, like, um, you know, it was Christmas. So, like, a, a lot of family was there and they were all, like, drinking and talking. And I kind of just unplugged. I felt like I was in my own world, like, reading this book while everybody else was just, it was almost like Charlie Brown, you know, like, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Like, everybody's just, like, chatting. And I was, like, I was not plugged in at all. Like, I didn't, I was not focused on anything anybody was saying. And, like, because I was reading this book and I kind of in the corner, I guess, or like, I don't know, like nobody even noticed I was there. It was like, I was a ghost. And, uh, I like, I, I sat there and read the whole book, dude, like right then. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Literally in one, I, I, in one sitting, dude, I opened it and I read it from front to back that Christmas. That's nuts. Didn't I and I've, I've, I've read it a few times since then. <laughs> <laughs> And I've listened to it a few times since then. And then recently, man, like one thing I do love sharing it. Like I can't deny I love like trying to share. Oh, yeah. You, try, you trying, gave it all trying, <laughs> trying to share it, though. At the end of the day, like, you know. Um, you can lead someone to knowledge, but you can't make them think. Right. So it's like you can it's like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Make a drink yeah. mm-hmm. And so, like, I love trying to share it. But like, at the end of the day, if somebody doesn't want to accept it or agree to it, um, you know, there, there have been times where I took that personally, because it's like in my world, from my point of view, I'm just trying to help you, you know, like, I, yeah, because it helped me so much. But like at the same time, like uh, recently, I, I kind of had a moment with myself where it was like, if it doesn't help, like if it, if it doesn't hit them the way it hit you, like don't take that personally. Like you're literally going against what it's telling. Like it, maybe it's more f- the reason it hits you the way it hits you 
is because you're the one that needs it. They don't need it like yeah. you do. Like yeah. maybe maybe they're actually already doing better than you. You know, like you you don't know. You're making an assumption. You know, so yeah, you really need to be the one following this if it really resonates with you like that. Don't worry about if it resonates with other people or not. Um, so that was like a kind of a <clears throat> just like a, a a real moment with myself that I had to have recently where it was like. Dude, it's not like it's not if, if other people do like you took it and you, you've loved it, you know, and that's great. That that's just makes it better. But if somebody doesn't react to it that way, like who gives it like it's not that big of a deal. You're only the only reason if you, if if you know, this is me talking to myself, it's like if your true intention is to help them, then you're not helping them by taking it personally when they don't feel as enthused about it as you did, you know, right. All right. So that's just something that I've been, you know, on a personal level, it was like, you know, the re maybe the reason that it resonated with me is because I'm the one that needs it. You know, maybe I'm the one that, you know, was lower, you know, like, yeah, but you and, know, the thing that's, about that's, it, not, that's yeah. not necessarily to say that I was worse or that I was, you right. know, in a, you know a, a worse person or something like that. But it was just something that I needed. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how else to put it really. It was just, just, I needed it, and yeah, that's, yeah, that's why I absolutely. Felt, that's why I feel it, the way I feel about it. The, 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 the thing about that is, you know, <clears throat> there are books that I have in my collection. I don't have the biggest collection in the world, but I have a nice little collection. And <clears throat> there are books where um, they've been around for a while, you know, and it's just something, and you know, it's there. But then there's something in life or an experience or something happens that <clears throat> might relate to that or, or might make you sit down and pull that out and, and really get into it. I mean, I, it, it, it was like that with my, my, uh, my, my, my natural health and naopathic book. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a God sent book for anyone to have. I've had it for a while, never opened it until I came back home, you know, and I'm like, everything that I talk about, research, look for, wonder, ask, think about, yada, 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 as it pertains to health and, and natural health and, and natural healing and herbs and just everything. But it's, but it's coming from a neopathic perspective as well. And I've had it forever, but I didn't open it until my, you know, until my, my father was going through what he was going through and, and, um, then you open it. So some my, my point in that is just sometimes there's things in life that you, you like you say, you can't, you can bring somebody to water, you can't make them drink, but you know, <clears throat> you did your part. And sometimes there's something that's going to make that person sit down and open that book up. And then it's going to hit them a certain way because they might be going through something at that point in time where they're not just reading it just to be reading. And now they're reading it and they're getting something from it. It's hitting them different. It's like, it's like, like a song. Like sometimes a yeah. song is going to hit you differently, depending on where you're at in life and what you're going through or what you have going on. Then, 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 then. And how if, many? <clears throat> I'm sorry, I cut you off. But how many times have you? How many times have you read it? Once. So um, I don't know. Like I don't know how much time it's been since you've read it, but like, read it again. Like yeah. it's, it's a different book, dude. Every and not yeah. and, and not like. Um, it's almost like a song that you really love. You know, mm -hmm. like. Every time, every time you hear it, you hear new yeah. things, you know, you hear new things. Yeah. And no, that's true. That's what this book is. It's like every time you read it, it's a different book. Mm. You see it because you're a new person 
based on the first time that you read it and then you read it and then you go out in life and you're using it or you're or not you know what whatever but you you have that awareness of having, right. of having read it and you know then you go out and you're doing whatever you're doing in life and then you do you know if if you know you're fortunate enough to make the choice to decide to read it again you read it again and you're like holy fuck this is legitimate <laughs> magic this is yeah. not this is not like some bullshit disney magic this is literal magic right in word form in, in coded. word form that word magic and i remember when you first told me about word magic and i just um now i know there's a book on it um i still need to get to that 2g but, but what's crazy dude is i've i mean i i've lost count on how many times i've read it but i guarantee you and my own self if I was to pick it up and read it right now, that shit would be a. Di- I would have never. There I will have. I would have never read that book. I have right, never. I have never read the book the way that I would read it the next time I read the it. The next time you read it, yeah. You can never, unless you literally read it twice in a row. <clears throat> like you read it and you get to the end and then you start at the beginning and you hit it and you listen to it on repeat, basically. Like that's the only way that you're reading the same book twice in a row. If you have one day in between yeah and then you go back and read it it's a totally different book it's in i know it sounds like i'm fucking uh embellishing or um exaggerating but just try it just try it yeah that's all, that's all i'm gonna say about that no no but i'll tell you one thing if my dad's gonna keep reading it i'm gonna let him flow with it because oh for sure it, no, it, it sure. excites it excites the hell out of me to first of all <clears throat> see him reading new and different things rich dad poor dad and now he's re- now he seems to have started the four agreements and he's got these fasting books he's reading and it's just it, it excites me <clears throat> but um no that's anyway, beautiful that's beautiful yeah it, it but it, it is it, it definitely is and um it definitely is and I, and i'm not saying that the bible i mean it's you know it's 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 that's great you know but the Bible is. is too confusing, man. Like there's, it's been interpreted too many ways, different ways. And people have too many, like, like feelings are so strong about it. And it wasn't even yeah. written in the language that you're reading it in either. Exactly. That thing has been stepped on. And, and you know, in the, in the, in the, in the drug world, they call it stepped on. That stuff has been, it's yeah. been stepped on a lot, you know, yeah, and exactly. uh, we got, we all got our own feelings about that. But all I know is I'm happy to see um, him branch out and read read some other things and and i just thought it was so funny that you brought up don miguel again because literally he finished rich dad poor dad today and have already started 25 pages of of four agreements and i just think that in itself is just kind of crazy but um but anyway no just another another well-needed uh dialogue and convo i mean the point in me even bringing this this topic up and and harping on this because we were supposed to be talking about something completely different but sometimes like anything that is artful or creative you're motivated based off of what's inspiring you at that time. You know, I always go back to that one conversation, which started this whole podcast, which I was still living in Arlington at the time. And we were just letting it flow. It was like a two or three hour conversation. I was, say, I was remember? like, I, I remember <clears throat> it too. I I'm actually, it's crazy. I remember it to the minute. It was two hours and 24 minutes, bro. We, yes. we talked for two hours and 24 minutes. Yes. And I remember at the end, I was like, yo, 
this was like a episode this was like a pod or this was yeah. an episode or i wish we had recorded this or because there's no way that people are feeling this way and i feel that these things and social media shows me a little bit of that but these things that that we talk about and that we're feeling and that we're that that, that might be in our mind or you know it, that that's really what brings me joy within doing this sort of short form, long form, mid form uh, uh, podcast is because um, like with anything, what resonates with me is what touches me like, oh, yo, this person is going into is going into something that's resonating with me. And I know for a fact that I am not the only one right now that has a quote unquote, you know, pretty decent gig, making pretty good money and has a pretty good title and all of these things, um, but still feel but still feel low key unfulfilled. And then you turn around and you look at the things that does bring joy and happiness and fulfillment, uh, like this pod, like music, like, like, like um, <clears throat> sports, but not even just sports, just to watch it, but more so in a, in a, um, um, in a study in the game way in a studying, um, studying um, um, comp- competition way. And, 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 and competitors and, and where they go and how they can literally shift competition from the sport to life and their passion and, and win the same way. And they might not have even thought, you know, before retirement or, or whatever the case was that they would be able to do that. But my point is, is that um, I, I love being able to talk about things that, that I just know from like you said, G, intuition and from other forms, obviously, social media and some other things where people are feeling uh, a, a way about things and thinking these things and are trying to figure out, you know, how can I not feel this way and actually turn what, you know, does drive me and motivate me into um, something I can do for the rest of my life and also reap the, reap the rewards from, from doing something that you're so passionate about. So, um I'm definitely not going to go into, maybe we'll save that for a part two uh, for my whole long story and what even got me to the point of where I'm at and feeling the way that I feel about, um, um, I guess, that side of, of, of the working world. But um, it was uh, it was on my mind today. So I appreciate you for um, for kind of taking that rain on that and kind of running with it. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people would be able to to to, to get, to get something from that. And also it's more, and I know G anytime you get an opportunity to plug Don Miguel with the four agreements, <laughs> you should be an affiliate marketer for that dude, man. But, but I know it's all in good faith. It has nothing to do with that. I, you love his work. It's resonated with you. And I think it will resonate with a lot of people as well. I'll tell you one thing, me reading it the, the one time that I read it, um, not only did it resonate with me as well, though, it allows you to it allows you to just get a different understanding of it allows you to get a different feel a different understanding and look at a different way of of what this all is and, and, and what's going on in your head and how to decipher it and how to it just gives you another avenue to look at it from and sometimes another avenue of looking at that or feeling that is just as important of actually having the answer you know because it allows you to study it. It allows you to, um, to, to dig deeper from that perspective. It, 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 it gives you more than one track 
to 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 understand it by or look at it from did uh, some... did you watch the video i sent about tom brady and the four agreements uh i it did tom brady and the four agreements there was a video with that i might need to go do that after we finish up here tonight i don't recall looking at that uh well i sent it i, I might have sent it just to lt and kenny now that i think about it i know i sent it to kenny um, because he's a Tom Brady fan. He's a Tom yeah. Brady guy, yeah. No, no, I don't recall that. But what, what Tom Brady did something on? Uh... Oh, that it's it's his book, dude. He lives by the Four Agreements too. He read it. He read it right around uh, after the whole Deflate Gate thing. Uh huh. And uh, you know, don't take anything personally. Especially resonated with him. And yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you're not on Instagram either, but. And I was off of it for a while. I finally got back on just for the pod's sake. But there was a there was a time last year, man, where um, I I reached out to Tom. I said, uh, hey, man, I think the world needs somebody like you, an influencer like you to share the four agreements, um, you know, with me knowing that how important they are to you. Um, you know, I think it would, be, it would be nice for you to say something, you know, and in uh you know in solidarity with the four agreements or you know basically promoting the four agreements and the, the next day i get on and fucking his instagram story is a picture of the inside flap of the book the summary of the four agreements really and i was like i that's can't say nuts. for sure that he saw yeah i know said, but that's very coincidental that's <laughs> yeah, very coincidental. right and you know i don't really do the coincidental thing so it's funny that i'm even saying so there, there had to be something there, though, man. Right. Yeah. I was just about to ask you that. I was like, do you think that same thing would have happened the next day if you didn't reach out? I don't know. I mean, I can't. I can't say. Can't say. He, he didn't. He didn't respond to me directly. Like, yeah, I'll right. do that. You know what I yeah, mean? No, but yeah, the I very know. next day, that picture was on his story. <laughs> I don't know, G. That's yeah. kind of wild. Yeah. I did not know that either. I've not heard that story either. That's pretty dope. I'm shocked. Yeah, they did know. it. They did a whole ESPN story on it, and they interviewed Don Miguel. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's only like a four Dude, minute. It's really? like a four. It's like a four minute clip from ESPN. Yeah, back in two thousand nine. Yep, right around the same time when I first read it. Wow, interesting. No, I did not. I did not know or realize that at all. Actually, I'm. I'm gonna have to uh, look into that a little bit later on. No, that's that's awesome. That's 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 really all I got today, though, G. I mean, yeah, I know man. we were supposed to talk about a few other things. I've got I've got some 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 obligations uh, to 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 um, no worries. We're, we're going to to what even had me feeling this way today. But uh, I just that's that's what was on my mind today. Now, nah, I hear you. I'm going to hop off of here, too. We've got a fire guest coming next week for y'all. Oh, um, yeah. So be prepared for that, James. And uh should should start to get some of those listeners back that we lost when we took that four month hiatus <laughs> yeah yeah no this is uh we're it's funny because this episode um you know it's fun to step away from from the um from the core sometimes and it's not really even stepping away from the core but but uh you know i think uh, i think we're about to really get back in our bags so to speak uh next week for uh for this guest that's coming up and um it's going to be a lot to talk about because a lot has happened since the last time um, there was any communication with this individual. So um, look, looking forward to that. Yeah, man. Have a good evening and uh, make sure you get prepared for that one. Yes, sir. Love, bro.
Peace, brother.